Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome everyone to another episode of Revolution Recap. We are coming to you with a special bi-week episode uh, in the wake of the news that Adam Books is likely being transferred to RC Lens shortly after our last episode last weekend after the Philadelphia game. It was reported by a number of people uh, that the rumors of Adam Books uh, moving this summer and potentially going to RCNs are more than rumors. Seth McComer of the Bent Musket specifically noted that he has expectedly played his last game with the Revolution and he's going to move to Lens when the French transfer window opens on June 10th officially. So Adam Buxa's career with the Revolution appears to have ended. My name is Greg Johnstone. Joining me today on the podcast is someone who actually kind of predicted that Adam Buxa being held out of the lineup was hinting at a move. Uh, Chris Falucas is here. Chris, how are you doing today? Uh, congrats on the shot in the dark call that Adam Buxa's transfer had already been arranged. Thanks. I'm, I'm doing okay. It's a, it's a bittersweet podcast, right? I'm, I've, really enjoyed uh adam buxa being part of the revolution and uh just getting to see his growth and be a fan of his as well and now we're looking at this like yeah he's it feels like he's going to be going it's been kind of feeling that way all season long that he's going to be potentially leaving in the summer and now it's looking more and more uh likely so i'm doing good but a little bit bittersweet with uh with this news yeah and you know I kind of took the contrarian position uh, and I was kind of had the hot take that the Revs might be looking at this being kind of an all in year and maybe they will hold on to Adam Buxa. If there is a team option, maybe they feel it's better to sell him after the World Cup. Maybe he goes and has a great performance on the international stage and, you know, maybe it raises his value a little bit. But uh, with it rumored to be that he had one year and one team option left. Uh, so 18 months on his contract with the Revolution. Uh, Bruce Arena made note at a press conference that he received multiple bids and he had to go through uh, all of those for Adam Books. And it seems like the time was right for them to strike. Um, not super pleased with the fee, personally. Um, it's rumored that it was 6 million euros, which is about $6.5 million. I think that's a bit of a disappointing fee. That's below the Tejan Buchanan fee uh, and below the Matt Turner fee. It's unclear if there are some incentives. I assume there are some incentives, maybe a match plays or goal scored incentive. But overall, that $6.5 million number, uh, I, I, I was expecting double digits. I talked about it a few podcasts ago. I, I think the asking price was around I don't know, 10 to 12 million, uh, we're, we're getting a little more than half of that. So, Chris, uh, what were your thoughts on the transfer and the reported transfer fee? You know, from a business perspective, the timing is right. If you look at Adam's trajectory, the numbers, everything is turning upward and you want to sell when it's high. And so it makes sense to, to make this transfer now. And especially while he's hot in the middle of the season, uh, it, it's, it's a little tough with the, the alternating seasons that uh, we're MLS obviously plays through the summer. Most uh, European leagues, if not all of them, play through the winter instead. So it makes that little bit of awkward transition period. But the timing is it's the right time to, to do this. The number, like you said, is uh, is disappointing for a striker that's been contributing as much as he has. I haven't seen, I, I've, I meant to look it up beforehand, so I apologize. But I know he's one of the top strikers in MLS over the past two years, at least. And for a striker like that to be on your team in MLS, it's not an easy ask. You know, a lot of teams would give a lot to have a player like that on your team. 
and then to be giving it up for what they're reportedly selling him for. It's just, it's disappointing. I thought they could have got quite a bit more. But again, maybe there wasn't a whole lot of leverage if his contract was expiring at the end of the season. Maybe, you know, the, the 6 million euro uh, was the best deal. The team he's going to is a bit surprising as well. I thought, you know, RC Lenz is, might be a higher competition as far as the league he's going to be in, but I, I don't know about the, the choice of team. Maybe he wants to take Lenz on his back and, and try to make a run for the title, but it's going to be hard. Yeah, they finished seventh in League uh, which they're on the <laughs> cusp of European competition, so maybe they view this as an extra piece that can kind of get them there. I was a little bit surprised of the team as well. I know there was a lot of talk about him going to Turkey, uh, but in the end, it was R.C. Lenz, who also made a bid for Tejan Buchanan, uh, winning this bid. Um, the fee is disappointing. The fact that there were multiple bids, and this is apparently the best one, was a little surprising to me. That kind of tells me that maybe we were wrong in our valuation of Adam Buxa. He is a little bit older uh, than Tejan Buchanan. I believe he's around the same age as, as Matt Turner, though. Um, but uh, yeah, a little surprising that it ended up at six and a half million dollars. Uh, and, and again, just to confirm uh, what I said, and because uh, I know you mentioned it there, there are reports that Adam Buxa's contract goes through this year, but there's also a team option. Um, I know Adam Buxa has kind of made some comments that his contract ends soon, so it's unclear whether or not he is in a contract year um, or if there was one more year of team control. But either way, I think an inconvenient truth here is that I don't think Adam Buxa was very happy in MLS. I think he has always kind of aspired to get back to Europe, uh, and he, he played two and a half seasons here, and it just seems like he was ready to move on and get on with the next chapter of his career. So certainly good production. I think Adam Buxa will look back and kind of think of his time with the Revolution as a success overall. 73 appearances in all competitions, 35 goals. He had 24, uh, yeah, 24 goals in 40, his last 42 appearances in MLS in 2021 and 2022. He also, of course, had two goals in his only Open Cup match against FC Cincinnati. And he did also have two goals in the CONCACAF Champions League against uh, Pumas across those two appearances as well. So a very successful spell uh, for Adam Buxa, especially in 2021 and 2022. And I don't know if this stat is accurate, but I know the Revolution were sending out stats that he led MLS in open play goals since the beginning of 2021. Um, I don't know if that is correct as of now, but as of a few weeks ago, he was leading that category as well. So a very effective player, uh, a very good signing. I know he came in under a lot of heat from us and from other people in 2020 that he seemed to have underperformed, especially for a designated player, but uh, he really came into form. And I'm not sure where you're going to replace this productivity of someone who scored, as I say, he scored 11 goals this year in 13 appearances across all competitions. So very difficult shoes to fill. Chris, you know, I know I've said on the podcast before, if Adam Books is sold this year, I don't think they're winning anything. Um, is that your take too? Do you think it's time for the revolution to lower their expectations? And, you know, I know coming into the season, it was MLS Cup or bust. I think I'm easing off of this and this looks more to be a lower tier playoff team or, or maybe a team that misses the playoffs. Uh, where are you with the revolution's outlook without Adam Buxa? It's It's a tough spot to be in, I think, to expect this team to take any hardware home this year, uh, especially without Adam Buxa there. Adam Buxa is the finisher. Uh, that being said, their past match uh, against Philadelphia, Philly is the best team in the East right now. And they put a shellacking on them. And there was no Adam Buxa. And I know the result was 1-1. They definitely need, the Revolution still need to find a way to put the ball in the back of the net. But they are creating chance after chance after chance. Without Adam Buxa, they're still finding a way to get it done. Gustavo Bo looks really hungry. If 
you know, maybe lacking some sharpness. Uh, and that's just because he hasn't played in a few months, right? And then before that, he didn't play for a couple months. So uh, Gustavo Boa still has a little bit of maybe rush shaking to do. And if he can find his form uh, and become effective, that's just going to produce a lot of goals. Uh, Josie Altidore, if he can just hang out in the box and put away chances that come into him, I think that's going to be, I don't want to say underestimated or like underappreciated, but I think that's something that is, might be flying under the radar a bit. I know Josie's maybe not that great on the ball, at least from seeing him with the Revolution. I don't see him doing much with the ball, but I see he's a finisher. And when he can get the ball in front of the net, I trust that Josie Altador is going to most of the time at least get it on frame into a good spot. Uh, majority of the time, probably put it in the back of the net. And if he can fill that a bit of that void that Adam Buxa was taking up, I think that the Revs are actually going to be okay. Yeah, it's interesting too because with Adam Buxa leaving, you talk about Gustavo Bo. Part of me thinks, okay, well maybe they'll go back to a four-two-three-one. Barrera will take the left, Legette will take the right. Heel is in the center in your midfield. You can have Polster, and then you know I know a lot a lot of people like Tommy McNamara, but you could rotate that spot with McNamara or Tristison or. Um, Captoom, you could find it. You could go out and get another central midfielder. That to me, that lineup on paper seems fine. What what concerns me here is, you know, this team really relies on crossing. This team really relies on Dewan Jones and Brandon Mike getting up and crossing and putting Gustavo Bo as your, you know, central forward or your target man as opposed to Adam Buxa. That's a downgrade in, in the air, definitely. So I, I'm curious to see if they do kind of go with a formation switch with a one-striker system, do they put Josie Altidore in there? Was this the plan all along, which we've speculated on this podcast before, that Josie Altidore, they're going to rest him up, they're going to limit his minutes early, and then when Adam Buxa leaves, he fills the Adam Buxa role. Is that what he's doing? Uh, maybe. Josie has not shown a ton right now. His health is in question. It's a big if, I would say, if that was the plan all along. Uh, so I'm I'm curious to see what Bruce does tactically, how Bruce decides to replace Adam Buxa. Do they go out and get another striker, which we'll talk about in a minute? Yeah, there, there's a lot of questions on this team. And losing Matt Turner and Nett, I know they have their, their replacement here in, in Petrovic. But boy, you know, they're, they're losing, it seems like, one piece too many. And with Tejon, I know a lot of people say, you know, we didn't have a winger right away, uh, and that has cost them points early in the season. I don't know what the Adam Buxa replacement is right away, and, you know, this is going to be a very, very interesting window, and the next few games are going to be very interesting to see how they do replace him. The The Philadelphia game was encouraging. I know that the result was not great. I don't want to rehash all that. I, I think we all have PTSD from that result. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, you look at the expected goals. If you go and you look at the stats on paper— you know, the Revs outplayed them. Uh, it was just poor finishing and, you know, you know who, uh, which is the reason why uh, that ended up in a draw. But uh, overall, looking at the stand stri- standings right now, the Revs are in 11th place, but they have 16 points through 13 games. Um, they are two points out of playoff position, and they do have a game in hand against teams that are above them. Charlotte, Inter-Miami, Cincinnati, Orlando City, uh, New York Red Bulls, all those games. Uh, every team in playoff position, you have 14 games, uh, except for New York City FC, who's sitting in first. So the Revs, you know, with the game in hand, it's they're they're a playoff fringe team right now, and there's a lot of teams like Cincinnati, Inter Miami, Charlotte, uh, who <laughs> seems already in turmoil. Uh, that that <laughs> we can kind of expect them to surpass. Certainly, I think on paper they're a better team, but yeah, I I, I don't know who you're replacing Adam Buxa with this moment. If it's Josie, that's not great. If they're gonna take this international break to restructure their tactics and maybe go to a four two three one and not rely on the cross so much. 
maybe they go that route. But um, either way, uh, I am concerned and um, I'm not putting any futures down on the Rebs to win MLS Cup. Hey, let's get to our, our first-ish solid transfer rumor. It seems like they might be replacing Adam Buxa with another Polish striker. I'm going to mispronounce this. Karol Angelenski? Did I say that correct? Angelski. That's how I would say it anyway. I don't know if I'm right either. He is apparently making big waves in Poland right now. Uh, this past season with his team, I'm also going to mispronounce this, Radomiek Radom. He scored 18 goals in 34 games. It's a very interesting path here because he wasn't a big player. He didn't score a ton from 2017 to 2020, the 2017-2018 season to the 2019-2020 season. He had four goals combined, and then he joined this team uh, in the second division of Poland, scored 13 goals for them last season. They got promoted, and then they ended up finishing seventh in the first division in Poland, where he scored 18 goals in 34 games. He is apparently in demand. Uh, apparently, a number of teams are making bids on him uh, from Spain, Qatar, uh, UAE. I've seen a lot of rumors that there are some bids out for him. His contract ends next year, so this seems to be an example of a team trying to sell while they can. Uh, but he is 26 years old. He is not currently with the Polish national team. Um, he's played a few games with their youth sides, but we're talking back in the day, 2018 uh, and, and before then. So this is a guy that's kind of been a late bloomer. Uh, and apparently the revolution, it's been reported by some international journalists that the revolution have made a bid for him. So, Chris, what are your thoughts? And do you see this as a potential Buxer replacement? I mean, he's Polish. He's left footed. But other than that, no, it's 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 a little strange for me, especially when you look at um, his height. I, I'm a big guy on height. He's five foot nine. He's not going to be getting in a position to to receive crosses all that often. Right. Uh, it's going to be hard for him to get past MLS defenders in that sort of position. Uh, so obviously, I think it's been hard to find any any highlight footage, at, any at all. I haven't seen anything of of Angelski from Extra Class. So it's hard to say what he's going to do, but I'd have to assume all his goals are with his feet. I'd have to assume he's, you know, he's quick and shifty or something. I, he's got to get into position. He's got to get past defenders and make probably make plays happen for himself. But I'm looking at his stats. In his professional career, he has one assist. So he's not a, not a, a creator, uh, unless some of the stats are are wrong as far as the second tier goes. But playing in, in the top tier in Poland, he only has one assist. And that's over uh, quite a few matches. It's just, it's it's a little bit confusing as to what, what they're looking to, to do possibly with the, with Angelski. And it's also, you know, hard when you, when we can't really get a good idea of what this player necessarily is going to bring. But it looks like, like you said, he's a late bloomer. You want to look at his his transfer market value. He's been right around 110 to 220,000, uh, according to, to transfermarket.us. Uh, and all of a sudden now he's shot up to just under a million US dollars in transfer market value, which, of course, doesn't mean much. Adam Buxa right now is 9.9 million US dollars and he's selling for 6.5. So. Maybe transfer market values Adam Buxa better than Bruce Arena does. Maybe that's a uh, maybe, maybe point for transfer market, though. I know we don't give them a ton of credit. Yeah. Uh, I think those numbers are mostly made up. But you know what? I, I side with transfer market <laughs> in this opinion this time. Me too. I mean, I think even transfer market's low on Adam Buxa. But I don't know. I, it's hard to really make out much. You said it earlier that Gustavo Bo can't be that replacement. And I agree. I think he's more of like a false nine type striker. He's He's not necessarily going to be your hanging out in the box striker. Uh, and 
that's exactly what Adam Buxa is, and that's what you got to find a way to replace. That's why I, I was saying Josie. I think he's the best bet right now that the Revs have of any of the rumors that we've heard of the players currently on the roster. I don't know if Josie is the best answer as far as any other player that they might bring in, but as far as options available right now, I think Josie's the best they've got. And you can't argue with Josie being a finisher because that's what he is. Uh, it's just a matter of him getting on the ball and getting in getting in position. And that right now is definitely a question mark. And his fitness, of course, is a question mark. But I agree with a number of your points here about Angelensky. He's 5'10". He, he does no N in his name, just so you know. What is it? Am I still? He, there's there's no N in his name. Well, Angelski. You know what? Ever our listeners that have listened to our podcast for a long time know uh, this is a mixed bag of pronunciations. So I'm just going to roll with Angelansky. What isn't his? Doesn't his name translate to English? That's what I've heard. Yes. Okay, so he's Carol English to me. So the problem with Carol English is that he's 5'10". He's not a go-up-and-win-headers type of player from what I've seen. The highlights are very limited because, as, as we've mentioned, I know he scored 18 goals this past season, but before that he was in the second division, and before that he didn't score many goals. So there's a little bit of an unknown factor here for us on this podcast and exactly what we're getting here. This doesn't strike me as a designated player. That's one thing we haven't talked about here. 26 years old, This doesn't. this obviously is not a U22 signing either. I know we talked about the Josie Altador signing at the beginning of this season, and we speculated to why this makes sense. I remember noting for you roster rule nerds, the Revs didn't seem to use any TAM last year, and TAM expires after four transfer windows. So this strikes me as maybe a scenario where the Revs are have TAM that is expiring, and maybe they need another backup striker. Bruce Arena, you know, Kizza is on loan. I don't think we're ever going to see Kizza in a Revolution jersey ever again. Renix has been fine, but I don't think he's exactly been the most productive player we've ever seen in that role. Josie Altador is a big question mark just on health alone. Even if he comes back full strength, that's great. But boy, that's a real question mark at this stage. And until we see it, I'm, I'm going to say that's a big question mark. And then you have Gustavo Bo on the roster as well. So it's weird to say, but forward depth is really weak right now. And they've, they've expended a lot of resources to that position. They have a designated player. They have kind of a Max Tam player in Josie. Um, so that might be an area where with Adam Buxa leaving, they're looking to strengthen. And maybe there's some Tam left over. So maybe Carol English here is your depth piece to back up Gustavo Bo. Um, but if that is the case they're going to need to kind of change tactically because I don't see Brandon Bay and DeWan Jones sending in a ton of crosses to Gustavo Bo and Carol English that is going to be as successful as Adam Books. I, I just don't see that happening. So um, I, I think this might suggest kind of a bit of a tactic switch uh, from the revolution, but we'll end up seeing. But man, I, I, I this comes down to a, the price is right type of scenario. If this guy comes in and, you know, if he's on half a million dollars a year or 400000 a year and kind of plays a backup striker role, that's fine. I think that's kind of waving the white flag on Josie or saying we're not expecting a ton from Josie, but I don't know. It's a, it's a very weird rumor because this doesn't seem to be a perfect fit whatsoever. This is a late bloomer. I don't think this is a speculating to sign, to sell him for you know, more money two years from now, like Adam Buxa. So I, I'm really confused to what this player's role is going to be. It's a very confusing uh, rumor. And Sean also mentioned in our group text going on here, he, he said, you know, 
the Polish media now know who the revolution are. And so it's possible that, you know, this player's agent is throwing out the, the revolution as a, a potential player, as a potential team interested in the player. Um, I know that a few weeks ago, the Revs were tied to some Polish center back as well. Um, so, so maybe that's happening here too, where the Polish media are tying him to the revolution. I, I, I did see it reported by someone that the Revs have made a bid, but maybe this isn't a rumor that we should put a ton of weight on, but Either way, I think the Revs do need to do something in terms of uh, the forward possession of this transfer window. I'm just looking at it, and you're right. I mean, I don't know how it fits. I don't see much development for a future sale going on. And he's not a striker that is necessarily established. He's had one really good year. Uh, is that the type of move that the Revolution want to do? Maybe if you're on a half million salary, I guess. Uh, there's you know worse contracts the Revolution currently have. But it, it seems like you should be looking elsewhere, especially when you don't have that pillar up front that, you know, you need to have some sort of reliable striker. And the Revolution don't have that right now. It's a revolving door. The, I think the Revolution really need to be looking to solidify that for the long term, not just some a bunch of Band-Aids on top of each other. It, it's a weird it's a weird rumor for sure. And it's also quick roster update. The Revolution with Matt Turner and Adam Buxa leaving, they will have two senior roster spots open. So Carol English might occupy one of them. Uh, that would leave one other one. The Revs have either six or seven international roster spots used right now. So they have one or two open. Uh, Maciel, it's been disputed whether or not he takes an international roster spot. I've heard it both ways. If he does take up a roster spot uh, or an international roster spot, the Revs' only international roster spot is being used on Carol English. And one of two open roster spots are being used on him. I, I have a little bit of you know doubt on that one. So I don't know if this one passes the sniff test. One more move we need to talk about before we wrap up here today. Oh, actually, before I do that, let me tell you about our friends Galasso Kits. Galasso Kits is on a mission to bring unique vintage jerseys to your home with a catalog of jerseys, jackets, scarves, and more from national teams and clubs from over 80 countries in the world. I did see an RC Lens training top available on Galasso Kits. So if you are interested in getting some RC Lens merch to support Adam Buxa in his uh, next journey overseas in France. Uh, get, go check out GalassoKits.com for their full selection. Make sure you follow them on at GalassoKits on Twitter and the GalassoKits Instagram page for updates on their new inventory every single week. And when you find something you like, please use promo code RevsRecap to save 15% off your order. That is promo code RevsRecap at GalassoKits.com for 15% off of your order. Links and code are in the show notes. Chris, we got one more signing to talk about. That is Ben Ravino, the second round draft pick for the Revolution this past Super Draft. Made his senior team debut in the U.S. Open Cup last week. I, I thought he played pretty well against New York City FC. You know, admittedly, that was mostly a B team for most of that game, but I thought he held his own. Center back depth has been in question a lot. I personally think this is a pretty good move. He's going to occupy the last supplemental roster spot on this team. So unless someone gets moved off this team, unless someone gets loaned out again, it is more than likely that there's going to be no more Revs 2 promotions this season. I know Esmir got promoted a few weeks ago. Ben Ravino is now promoted. I think that's going to be it in terms of the bottom of the roster moves. Uh, but overall, I think this is a fine move. One-year deal with two team options, according to the press release. So this might be a short-term fix. Either way, it's going to be a team-friendly contract. To me, I know a lot of people say this is an Omar replacement. I personally think this is more of a AJ De La Garza replacement, maybe for next year. AJ De La Garza right now is kind of a center-back, right-back depth piece. We don't see a ton of them. Those types of players, 
We've talked about it a ton before about roster construction. You know, you want Ryan Spaulding instead of Christian Mafla. If you're going to use a backup left back six to eight games and 400 minutes, you know, AJ De La Garza is making a quarter of a million dollars. He's a fine piece, but, you know, would you rather spend a quarter of a million dollars for five to six appearances a year? Or would you rather have that be a, uh, you know, a, a minimum salary guy from Revs 2 that you've promoted? Um, I think that's a, a role that Ben Ravino is going to fill. I, also, Omar Gonzalez is 6'5". You know, I, I think Ben Ravino is going to play kind of the Andrew Farrell center back role. Um, and as I say, if he needs to play backup right back, he can do that as well. He played back up or sorry he played right back and center back at UCLA previously so he's kind of a utility defender across the line not so much a winning balls in the air uh, aerial center back like Omar Gonzalez or Henry Kessler so um, yeah that's my initial thoughts on Ben Ravino I know we talked about Ben Ravino a lot more in the super draft episode we did uh, a few months ago so if you want to hear our thoughts more about Ben Ravino I don't think it's changed too much. He's made, I think, seven appearances at Revs 2. So if you want to learn more about Ben Ravino and his time at UCLA and our thoughts about that draft pick, which I think we were very, very positive on, we thought it was great value, um, you can go back in our feed and listen to that episode. Overall, that's my initial take on Ben Ravino. This is kind of a depth piece. I don't think this means that he's hurdled Omar Gonzalez on the depth chart, uh, but I do think we'll see Ben Ravino here or there throughout this season, especially kind of probably in some low-stress situations to see, you know, what this kid's got. Uh, and as I say, team options from here on out. So he's essentially trying out for his roster spot next season. Uh, Chris, any thoughts on Ben Ravino? Yeah. Uh, you know, Ben Ravino, first off six foot center back. I, I like the prospect of Ben Ravino and I am happy that the, the revs signed him to the first team contract. I, I didn't catch a ton of the open cup match, uh, unfortunately, but from what I saw, I had no complaints whatsoever. As far as Ravino, uh, Ravino's performance goes, he went 105 minutes in that match. With refs too, he's uh, he's made eight appearances actually, seven starts, one sub appearance, and uh, he's been pretty much a mainstay for refs too. And they've been, I guess, kind of hit or miss as far as uh, their their goals allowed, but uh, he's been there when when they don't concede. They've had uh, several clean sheets. Uh, he's been there for those. He's also been there when they've conceded uh, quite a few. So it, it's hard to take a whole lot of judgment as to what Ravino's going to possibly provide. But I'm kind of with you. I think that maybe he's more uh, going to be fighting with John Bell, I guess, for that fourth uh, center back slot. Regardless, the Revolution have a center back problem. They need more depth. They need more quality players. And maybe bring Ravino up now at this point in time is a way to just get him acclimated with MLS play, get him more invested into the, into the team, and, and possibly build towards having um, better depth in the long run. Talked about forward replacements in the transfer window. Uh, earlier on this on this episode, I I would love to see them go to the transfer window for some center back depth as well, because I don't think as, he's a nice piece to have as a backup depth piece, but he's not going to be any answers. I will say I you mentioned John Bell. It is curious to see you know he played I think did he play a full ninety or did he play forty five minutes last uh, last week in the U.S. Open Cup? But either way, it wasn't the full game. He seems to be working back, but his health is a question mark. Omar Gonzalez is still getting minutes over him, which at this point, boy, you really wonder. Henry Kessler also seems to have a nagging injury as well. So just in terms of the health overall at that position, they could use some depth and they could use some health. I personally think you, you bring up the possibility of bringing in another center back. I think that this is a sign that they're not going to go after a center back this window. I, I think this is a sign that, um, you know, by, by promoting him and using the supplemental roster spot on him and kind of filling that out, as I say, they have two senior roster spots left. They have two total roster spots left, but it's senior roster spots. Um, 
it, it this this seems to indicate to me that they're not going to use one on a center back. Um, they, they seem to have a, a pretty good amount of depth there in terms of quantity, maybe not quality. Um, and I think, you know, in theory, if, if the Revs have a Henry Kessler, Andrew Farrell center back pairing, I think that's preferable. Um, I, I think the issue is, you know, Henry Kessler, we don't know his health. John Bell, we don't know his health. Andrew Farrell, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30 now. He plays a ton. Is he going to need a rest here and there? So there's a lot of question marks there. And there's not a ton of roster space, too. And I think you need to address the forward position. Midfield is, to me, I feel they could use another central midfielder. Um, So, yeah, I'm curious to see what they end up doing this summer transfer window. Because they have a handful of, you know, spots that they need to fill. They have a designated player spot. They have at least one international roster spot. This is going to be a very, very interesting transfer window for Bruce um, to see if he sends any players out, um, to see if he kind of adds some flexibility to the roster because there's a handful of questions right now for this team. So uh, in terms of Ben Ravino, though, just kind of throw out AJ De La Garza's stats again. He had 10 games played last year, five games started, 500 minutes. He's only played one game this year in MLS for 90 minutes. Um, Ben Ravino, I think we can expect what, maybe three or four games. I'm not expecting him to play more than 300 minutes, uh, but I I think he's there really just because there are so many health issues with this back line. And if Andrew Farrell gets hurt, I know we've talked about it a ton. If Andrew Farrell gets hurt, I'm not in love with an Omar Gonzalez, John Bell center back pairing uh, or a Henry Kessler, John Bell pairing. Uh, I I think you're going to need a little bit more quickness. uh, And I think Ben Ravino kind of adds that as well. So untested, but you know, good to have, options in that position, especially with the performances Omar Gonzalez is giving us. So Chris, mm-hmm. anything you else you want to add before we wrap up here today? No, I think that's about it. Just looking forward to uh, getting through this international break and watching the revs get back to it in, uh, what is it, another week and a half? Mm-hmm. Not even a go Celtics? Oh, I, yeah, I've been uh, away from uh, social media and everything, so I keep forgetting, but I did see the score. Yeah, it was a uh, uh, one heck of a performance last night, huh? Um, big numbers to be putting up. What was it? One 120, 140 they yep, put up? Yep, couldn't miss in the fourth quarter. So um, I, personally, I think the Celtics should employ the strategy of make every single three-pointer every game. Uh, I, yeah. I think that's a really good way to beat the Warriors. So hopefully they use that tactic going forward. So that wraps us up here today. Please follow us on Twitter at Revolution Recap and follow our Revolution Recap Instagram and Facebook pages. Be sure to follow The Bent Musket, our friends over at The Bent Musket on Twitter at The Bent Musket and follow their work, work online at www.thebentmusket.com for year-round coverage. Again, shout out to Seth McComber for breaking the news that Adam Books has played his last game with the Revolution and the RC Lens connection was more than a rumor and the signing is going to go through. Uh, that is great coverage from Seth. So, uh, you know, they're, they're good for... Two or three big, big story, breaking news stories every single year. So make sure you are following the Bent Musket for their coverage. Please be sure to follow our friends at The Rebellion, at The Rebellion on Twitter, and go to anyrebellion.org to learn more about them and how you can get involved with them as well. Uh, and check out our sponsor, Galasso Kits, and use our promo code REVSRECAP for 15% off your order. That is galassokits.com. Follow them uh, on Instagram and on Twitter at Kits. Please make sure you're subscribed to iTunes or wherever you are listening. Please rate and review us five stars. It helps people looking for revolution content find us and is the best way to support our podcast. If you'd like to support us further, you can please uh, go to patreon.com slash revolution recap and become a patron today. All the money that goes into that goes back into the podcast. So we greatly, greatly appreciate you keeping this podcast going. Uh, We will be back. I assume after the next game, I don't think we will have a podcast next week during the international break, but we'll be back during the next game. I believe it's Sporting Kansas City on Sunday the 12th. Uh, Until then, thank you everyone for listening and go refs. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.